Hello Grumps, reaching out to you as far as South Africa, Australia and America. Thank you for downloading Series 3, Episode 1. Firstly, uh, as the podcast progresses, it's reaching further afield, which is nice to see. And not just for obviously the demographic of listener, but just getting the geographic of listener. So like I said, Australia, Africa and America, getting people all over the world feeding back, which is really nice. We're kicking off a brand new series, Series 3, Episode 1. Monday morning will be fine. Also, I'd just like to thank many of you for sending in the reviews. It's kind of blown up in the last couple of weeks. I'm just getting more and more um, good feedback, which is really, um, well, not me off my feet, so I'm really grateful. Well, today I'm joined by another guest, uh, a fellow grump, Simon, all the way in Sheffield. Uh, we've done some pleasantries offline, but for the purposes of the of fellow miserable sods out there, would you mind, Simon, just give a, giving us a little insight into how you got into one foot and what you what you think makes it special even to this day? Uh, yeah, hi. So thank you for, for having me on, Tom. So uh, yeah, um, grown up watching it really. Uh, one of those sitcoms that was just funny, you know, without a doubt, absolutely funny. Nothing um, nothing rude about it really either. That was the kind of thing. So it's one of my parents would let us watch, you know, um, particularly being the age around 10 or whatever in the 90s. So yeah, um, but started collecting the videos and, and got a real kind of uh, love of it from that and just watching it over and over again just what I seem to do really just watch what sitcoms um, back, back in those days and still now so yeah brilliant and you it sounds like you've got a similar taste to me as well because obviously we spoke about other sitcoms fools and horses and the like but uh, I think we're a similar generation as well uh, similar age so we we yeah like so we probably started watching at the same kind of time yeah. But um, yeah, okay, well, I, I guess we should delve straight into the first scene. What I didn't realise was when this um, this first scene opened, so we've got a couple in their 40s, and they're known yep. as Jack and Pat Aylesbury. Aylesbury, uh, yes. So yes. Throughout, uh, this is a bit of a eureka moment, but I didn't realise, I thought we never uh, would see Mrs Aylesbury, who's always referenced up until now. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like the, the database of names that, that Renwick had, yeah. and, and and either he, he he kept coming back to them, or yeah. um, maybe forgot sometimes. I don't know. Maybe a bit of a bit of discontinuity further down the line. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Mrs. Ellsbury would be a lot older. So so this scene's open up with um, yeah, a couple in their mid to late forties. It's very stereotypical uh, kind of visuals going on. We got the bloke sat down. Watching the football, I assume. Oh, oh, this could be dangerous. This could be dangerous. Wow, well saved, yes. Yeah. Uh, with scoffing down his dinner, he got his yep. lady wife doing the housework. If that, this kind of scene would probably get on a lot of people's nerves in this day and age, but that's just what we're opening up with. And yeah, we we will learn shortly. It is Mrs. Ellsbury and her husband? Because I thought Mrs. Ellsbury was someone in their sixties or seventies. Yeah, kind of you, their age, you, you kind of do get a picture, don't you? Uh, just from a name, sometimes of what you think someone's going to look like. Uh, I just, yeah, I yeah. know. Uh, but it's the lady playing Mrs. Ellsbury is Jan Ravens, and the bloke is the husband is Tony Milan. They've both been in Alexi Sales stuff. I don't know if you're a Young Ones fan. Jan River, Jan Rivers, Jan Ravens has been in. Dead Ringers and Skins, 2D TV, Spitting Image, a lot of impressionist shows. And Tony Milan is done, he, he, 
kind of more of a I don't want to say a jobbing actor role, but he's done like Citizen Smith, Birds of a Feather, Good Man's Yeah, I know it's Citizen Smith. Yeah, that's a, a, another John Sullivan one, wasn't it? That he it was. Did with, uh, Robert yeah. Well, this scene's amazing because it, it is just a redress of, of Victor and Margaret's house, isn't it? So, so sort of yeah. set-wise. Which obviously, like, houses, you know, this would only work in this series because in series one, I don't think, you know, you, all houses would probably look a little bit different because it's on, like, a terrace, isn't it, or whatever, or, you know, all the houses are built the same. So, arguably, yeah, you can see the change, change the wallpaper a bit, haven't they? And that's it. It's, arguably, uh, I don't know if it seems more dated than Victor Margaret's. You're house, right. It's got a lot more greys and, and, and browns that Mrs. Warboys was moaning on about, wasn't she? That yeah. Just, she was, I mean, who has a lava lamp in the lounge? That's, that's amazing. Um, that feels like it's actually, that feels like they're ahead of their time there because lava lamps are the thing yeah. in the more the later 90s. Yeah, you'd have thought so. But yeah, imagine yeah. getting slagged off by Mrs. Warboys for your decor. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. They yeah. it, they welcome in Victor, who first of all, yeah. so he's Victor's come round because he's he's uh, straight away made it clear he's just he burgled. They popped out for an hour. Yep. Uh, shopping very it's typical Meldrew bad luck, and their yep. house has been completely ransacked. Now, first of all, why I wonder why Victor didn't go to Mr. Sweeney's or I can understand yeah, why he didn't go to Patrick Pippers, but. That's interesting, isn't it? Maybe they, they were the only ones in. Um, Probably, maybe, yeah. you knew, maybe you knew they were always in and he was always watching the telly. Um, yeah, these things, I mean, it's not a huge uh, issue. It's probably good. No, 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 you're right. It, it, it is obviously done for a narrative purpose, isn't it, rather than a kind of like uh, any kind of real, realistic purpose, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But anyway, so Vic, Victor is straight away, fresh in the series, ranting. And quite rightly, he's he needs to use the telephone because they, you know, they haven't even got a telephone in the house. Nope. Um, what I find is this scene is amusing because there's just absolutely no empathy or sympathy from the. Well, he's the got no, yeah, he, no, no, he doesn't no even look at him. Awareness, does he? he? Doesn't even look up, really, does he? He just sort of sat, sits there and, and more not, I think his little monologue about the football is, is brilliant. You know, it's it is just, great. Uh, I wonder if it's Renwick kind of having a commentary on how people are glued to TVs, you know, and, and yeah, don't this really, is... aren't concerned about the neighbours' welfare even, you know, just more interested in the football. Um, I think you're right. I think this is because this is t- television orientated. Yeah, throughout this, it is, uh, isn't it? Episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Key, key points of the episode. I think he, the, the chap might be watching, it's definitely an international because he, he mentions he, yeah. he mentions about the Italians. or. Well, this was 92. What was it, 92? It went out and it was filmed late 91, so it could be... You know, you're a 92 qualifier or something like that, couldn't it? Or, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I probably should have said 2nd of February 92, this this episode aired. Who knows? It, it might be an Italy-England qualifier yeah. or, or whatever. So, yeah. a, anyway, Victor is a bit of a, an understandable rant. He's been burgled. Uh, straight away, uh, we we learn that Mrs. Well, the Aylesbury's have not... They basically facilitated this burglary because they thought... The, these the burglars were essentially removal men. I think that's what we said. Uh huh. You see, I told you they were burglars. That's fifty p you owe me. <laughs> I just think. I mean, how heartless <laughs> is that? Straight away. To have a bet on whether someone's actually burgling someone's house. Um, <laughs> oh, I bet it happens though. I bet, I bet you it does happen. You know, people will sit and look outside windows and go, "Oh, I bet, I bet they're nicking that car," or "I bet," you know. So Very it, it is. It's, it's 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 that daft. It probably does happen. I think you know these things. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. You're right. It could only happen to Victor, couldn't it? That, that, that someone could have stopped it. You know, someone sees it and could have stopped it, and uh, it's, you know, it's hilarious. Something. This scene was definitely designed. I think, to be fair, okay, the reason they probably 
that Renwick didn't write this scene to be at Mr. Sweeney's or Patrick and Pip because they probably they obviously know Victor yeah, yeah, yeah. better yeah. and they would know that that's definitely not someone there to help whatever. Yeah, I don't know true. what they that, thought that, that, Yeah, true. That probably does work in that in that respect, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, but it's just it's just a few quips that in from Mrs. Ellsbury, you know, they say, Oh, they just seem really nice, you know. Yeah. Um, did not drop any crumbs on the carpet or anything and <laughs> which and all these little these little one liners are designed yeah. for Victor's reaction. So what do you mean good on e- even, even down to, you know, saying, Oh, a, a packet of Mr. Kipling's, you know, the fact he uses Mr. Kipling's is, you know, oh, <laughs> not just cheap biscuits or cheap cakes, is you know, they've had our decent cakes. Uh, the wolf bag and exactly <laughs> in the house and and and, and you know uh, she, out themselves basically. I know, which is very thirsty work. Uh, the one, yeah, the ones the one with the tattoo on his nose said it's very thirsty work. Yeah, I just can't envisage a, a more complacent group of burglars where they're oh. stopping for a cup of tea, but there you go. That's yeah. that's. And then the um, Mr. Ellsbury gave him a jump start. I, I regret giving them yeah. a, a jump start yeah. now so for their getaway fans. <laughs> It's the complete setting, it really, you know. There's sort of um, help them, help them carry it, help them, uh, you know, load it, give them something to eat, and then uh, let them drive off with it. Yeah. I mean, Mrs. Ellsbury seems semi-apologetic and a bit yeah. remorseful. Mr. Ellsbury yeah. definitely does not because he's not interested in football. I just wonder if there's a bit of friction between the two. Although Mrs. Ellsbury's known to ring the Meldrews, I've been a bit nosy. Or I, you know, yeah. you, you, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, a name crops up a lot, doesn't it, for someone who it, it, it doesn't seem to be aware that that was happening. You know, it, it, yeah, it's or maybe she's just one of those people that is very, very well meaning, but doesn't have a lot. Yeah, not well, you know, just have much common sense and, and doesn't really kind of think too deeply about things. So. Possibly, I mean, not as deep as what what we're talking about right now. But I guess that's the nature <laughs> of the podcast. But well, that's I, it. Yeah, yeah, I made yeah. I made a definite fool of myself because I'm sure I said in the last episode or two. We never see Mrs. Ellsbury, and that's the that's the genius of Renwick. That's the thing that you see, we don't see these jump forward, don't they? We're jumping forward again now. Forgive me if I'm going too far forward, but these burglars do make an appearance, or the voice of them do, in uh, about three episodes' time. Um, yeah, so is that the same? Uh, is that? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the guy. Um, it's John Chalice who actually does the voice of the burglar. Plays plays Jack the burglar. I didn't um, know. I I did not know that actually. Yeah, I should well, do yeah, that. There we go. So, so he rings up uh, and says, you know, I'm one of the blokes that stole your furniture. So same series. Uh, unless there's another burglar, but yeah. Uh, and it, and he wants the manual, you know, for the video. C- can you send us the manual on? Because we're, we're often out breaking and entering of an evening. Uh, but again, just just fantastic. And only that could happen to Victor. That, that you know, someone rings him up to say, I, I nicked that, but you're you're not going to buy it. But can I have this bit, this part of it as it's well? Crazy. Um, it's, yeah. it's good continuity, and there's not many yeah. much continuity in British sitcoms, but they always but reference something from the past, don't they? In this, yeah, just 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 to kind of bring it bring it in, and, and people who watch it regularly will. And even if you didn't remember that bit, it doesn't matter because it's still funny. You know the fact that yeah, some burglar rings him up. And, I yeah. I think this scene is scene ends uh, brilliantly with Victor finally getting through to um, a police sergeant or whoever. Yes, uh, uh, I'd like to report a burglary, please. And two extremely brutal murders. <laughs> I think if you joke about that now, I think they take it seriously. Yeah, but it uh, does take a while to get through, doesn't he? And obviously, it has to has to be a while for you know the purposes of the of, of the lines and stuff. But he's on that phone for a good good minute and a half. That's true. Yeah. Um, which again, that guy could just be, yeah, has to be that way, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, I think so. But anyway, we move on to the kitchen of. 
well, the hallway stroke kitchen at the Meldrews, essentially scene two. Margaret mentions, I thought I thought this is quite relevant to the current situation. She mentions she's disinfecting the whole house, which yep. is quite relevant to, well, I try not to mention coronavirus on the podcast, but well, everyone's it's everywhere, isn't it? It's, yeah, you can't think about it. It is around, yeah, yeah. Um, and they also reference, there's a couple of detectives. They've already met the two detectives that we'll see later on. Yep. The reference yep. has been quite young. And yep. I think they were dusting the fingerprints on the a cucumber, which we see. Yeah, dusting a cucumber fingerprint. Yeah, Victor's credulous at that, isn't he? Yeah. And amusing <laughs> looking. Clever. And also dusting for buttock prints on the toilet seat. I think that's what Victor says. And Margaret says, Yes, well, now you know what it's like with you and your talcum powder. What's that supposed to mean? Lift the lid on that seat sometimes, you'd think someone had spilt a sherbet dab. <laughs> Which I was impressed they know what a sherbet dab is. I don't know if that was. Yeah. I know yeah, sherbet's been around for, for for centuries, but yeah, is it like the the dip dab you used to get in the seat? Yeah, I think so. Thing? Well, you used to get a lolly, didn't you, or, or a licorice stick? Mm. Um, I always preferred the lolly. I was not a big fan of licorice. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. The talcum as well. You know, I don't know whether it's um, something people use regularly. I don't know. I, mean, I don't I, use it. But, I've got to be honest, I, I do use it sometimes. Oh, right. still. oh great. Oh, awesome. awesome. Much, much to my fiance's. And I think <laughs> very much, it was very much Victor and Margaret's situation in our bathroom sometimes. But yeah, um, I do actually. I think, yeah. is that a sign of me getting old? I don't know. But no, well, I, I, I don't know. Don't know. It isn't, it's I, definitely not a thing uh, anymore for most people of, of a lot of ages. I no. might just be yeah again obviously i'm just kind of dating the sitcom a little bit again now and you know very few would make jokes about talcum powder these days would they that's very true what it is. yeah you know, it just wouldn't wouldn't fit in would it um yeah that is very true they don't seem to have had anything nicked in the kitchen they got no it seems to be all right there, haven't they yeah, yeah yeah everything everything in the living room is gone but from the kitchen we, we are now going to the living room and margaret's comically trying to open the door because they've had new carpets put down so they've got a nice sort of well for them, quite a plush, sort of dark red carpet. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, it's a nice fluffy carpet, so they can't open the doors. And they reference uh, a Chippy Joe. It's always great when there's some, a. Yeah, some great little names there, aren't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, I mean, that's a real life problem, isn't it? Doors not opening on carpets. You know, yeah, that uh, happens. You, you carpet down, but it's just one of the annoying. You kind of look forward to having a new carpet, and then, then your door doesn't open. You know, it's just, again, a real Victor problem, isn't it? Yeah. I just, I just wonder also how many times that the Melch has been burgled because the what's the episode where casually two guys just come in and nick the fridge? And walk oh yeah, out. <laughs> I can't remember that. I can't remember yeah, that. I can remember that. I just think sees it driving off, sees the yeah. top of it driving on a That's flatbed it. truck down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> And, and it's just dropped into an episode, isn't it? You know, look, it isn't that isn't built around the episode isn't built around that. It is just literally a sort of very small little part of it that, that his fridge yeah. goes. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, this is just so unlucky. For some reason, the burglars have left a bottle of dodgy Greek brandy. Yeah. Do you remember why that's such a big deal? Because when I reviewed this, I couldn't quite pick up why. Because everything is relevant. Well, I mean, maybe maybe he picked it up in Greece when he was in Athens, and, and it has bad connotations from that perhaps his bad memories of losing his luggage and all that from 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 greece um, but i don't know i mean i don't drink brandy myself so i, I don't know oh, what is a good what is a good brandy um but yeah i mean victor refers to it as tasting like glue doesn't glue. it so, yeah uh, <laughs> yeah so it's quite a sad scene because they've got an empty 
um, live room, just all we can see yeah. is the walls, the carpet, and two uh, dinner table, dinner room, dinner dining room chairs. Dining room, should I yeah, say? Yeah. Mag um, magazine rack still there. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's still there. there. <laughs> Margaret lets off a. She announces that they managed to get out of Meg's wedding on Saturday. So Meg yes. is, a, is a friend, is a colleague, and she, we. I discussed with. Um, Ben, in the last couple of episodes, that Margaret tends to be the one that initiates the, the white lies, or she Victor's all she does, doesn't she? Whether, whether it's to try and protect Victor, or she knows how Victor will react, you know, after so many years together with him, she, she probably does. Listeners back home, if you can hear the raindrops, apologies for that. Hopefully, it will uh, die down in a minute. So, yeah, sorry, I was just saying that, yeah, there's apparent, an apparent wedding um, yep. on the coming Saturday. Uh, Victor and Margaret have got out of it due to the quite a big lie that Margaret's mentioned that Victor's got an emergency prostate operation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it, the uh, there's triggers a bad memory for Victor because there was a, a wedding he went to uh, last the previous year. Nephew's wedding, wasn't nephew it? Nephew wedding. To, yeah, nephew's wedding. Which, which again, now you said about the family, isn't it? That it's occasionally dropped in isn't it but then just nothing don't... more is made of it is it later on almost you know? it? just, yeah. um, I suppose you don't need to know that much of it do you but you kind of kind of want to because you know you think well you know you want to see the family dynamic don't yeah. you I mean... yeah so like you said before particularly not having kids and that it, it, family can be quite lonely I think sometimes with people if, if they don't have offspring I think like mm. that, 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 that can be kind of a you know not that's right it, but... yeah yeah Victor recounts the, the video cameraman who'd been hired, yeah. Caught, Victor was caught on camera, uh, that he was posing with the uh, the guests, a uh, bird's nest fell on his head, yep. dripping, <laughs> dripping on his nose. So it's it's one of those things where you just got to imagine it because it sounds it sounds hilarious. Well, I was just going to say, this is, a, this is again almost a very Renwick thing and he does it in Jonathan Creek a lot as well where it's recounting of something happening to someone. And it's funnier because of the way they tell it as well, not just the Always. fact it happens. It's kind of in 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 in, in how it's written and how yeah. it's like acted. Yeah. Um, and it's actually very true to life, isn't it? Because you know, a lot of our funniest things are things we remember that happened to us, don't we? You know. That's right. Even yeah. Later on, we can things that are bad. You know, we can sort of look at them in a more positive light or a funny light later on, can't we? Absolutely. Victor's still, still quite bitter about this, isn't he? And, and, and he's very, yeah, um, I mean, he can distinctly remember the father of the bride with uh, an unfortunate that's fungal right. infection. and Yeah, looking like uh, the Phantom of the Opera. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very detailed. And but, the organ, ex organ exploding. Uh, yeah. Which again, you just kind of, great visual, you just imagine it, don't you? You can just imagine these things happening. Um, just, right, perhaps one or two of these things might happen to individuals in real life, but to Victor, all of them happen at the same time. You know, what, I, what I want to do at the, at the end of each episode really is, is sort of summarise what, what is likely to have happened in real life. If you yeah, know, true. What is yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, anything can happen, but just the likelihood, just for fun anyway. But oh, I um, think that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. Margaret has said they've got them a pair of salad tongs for so her friend yeah. Meg, who's getting married. Pair of salad songs, really. I think. Well, I guess they're not going to the wedding, so it doesn't matter that it's only a pair of songs. It's, I just thought oh, that's yeah. a bit of a funny, yeah. fun. Well, not a funny present, but a bit of a bizarre thing. But anyway, that's what she. Now, isn't Meg, is Meg mentioned previously? Doesn't her name come up in series two where he says she, Margaret says something like, "Oh, Meg's 
reverse the, the, the van into a, a wall or something like that. I mean, I oh, that might be later on. I can't remember. I might be getting I that mixed up there. So yeah, I think I suspect. Again, so. just again, you know, just nice little, nice little placement there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. And then he draws on it and goes, right, well, I can use that character later on, you know, or, or there's a reason to use that. Character. Yeah, he just plants a seed, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, he has in Ramwick. So with with Victor and Margaret, they, essentially that's a bit of small talk out of the way, and they're now sort of sat a little bit solemn. Bit, bit of silence. They've run out of things to say, which can happen if you yeah. love one just for a short while. And yeah. then I think they were um, were they quite disappointed with the fact that there's certain things they could have watched on television. And, and Victor's like, well, we don't well, need this is, it, isn't it? This, this is the way it's going with everyone watching telly. Couldn't believe that pair across the road today. Every time you go into their house, all they're doing is watching television. You know. It's amazing to think that's all some people's lives revolve around. <laughs> a box in the corner of the room. <laughs> you take it away and you wonder what they find to do. I know. <laughs> Ruth Rendell will be on now. Oh, God, really? what I mean. It's over your whole bloody life. Ruth Rendell will be on now. Ruth Rendell will be on now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's just, just sort of gla look, glancing at the watch, isn't it? Going, oh, Ruth Rendell will be on now. It's sort of, you know, people do live their lives and I'm kind of guilty of it, you know, um, uh, around television being on. Um, my, how, how Victor describes it in a second, you know, being a box in the corner of the room, that's exactly how my mum would describe it when she was fed up with us having it on. Yeah, yeah. So box rules your life. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. It's no different now with, with um, smartphones and tablets. I think even more so now, isn't it? I think, you know, the, bad. the traditional family sitting down to watch telly it, it can potentially go by the wayside, can't it, if it's not yeah. careful? Because, yeah. you know, being a parent, or my little ones are too, but, you know, that sort of thing we'd have to think about growing up, how much screen time um, people, really, how much time you can have. I think the exception is, though, if you're eating your dinner on your laps and it's a sitcom i think that's it, it feels like oh, yeah. a little because yeah. you're all laughing whereas if it's just a reality show yeah um, it's a bit but i like how yet again there's another reference to a mystery drama crime mystery detective drama yeah series. absolutely yeah like, you're right he's racking them up there isn't he now yeah Poirot, yeah. which i did learn he'd written an episode or two and so, oh did he oh yeah. right wow but ruth my mum actually loved ruth Rendell, the, the books yeah and there was tv shows on there in the 90s yeah, yeah. Um, when they, Margaret says Ruth Rendell will be on, Victor instantly forgets his little rant about relying on TV. Then he quickly snaps out of it and goes, This is exactly what I mean. You know, we need to get yeah. out and about and maybe go to the pub. I don't think they said they go to the pub, but just. Just get out and do things more. Yeah, you know, she, bit, she says, get out where, get out. You know, where to, basically. You know, so we never go out, sort of thing, unless we're going out to see someone. We don't just go out of an evening. Yeah. Uh, I suppose it does become that point in your life isn't it you know we were discussing the other day like what is a social life anymore um you know it just just it just evolves doesn't it you know as you as you get older you, you kind of don't meet up with people as much perhaps or you don't play sports as much or you know things happen yeah and i think that's what happened to victor and margaret you know perhaps victor did go down the pub regularly we don't know uh, and yeah, that's just, just stopped you know uh, i think it's yeah i think you're spot on there but in fact in series one it does say victor's on his way back from was he? Oh no! I thought it, not the pub. Was it? He's only got out from somewhere and he gets mugged, doesn't he? Um, 
that's uh, quite. I was, out, I, was out, I was out photographing, wasn't it? Out photographing in the woods, wasn't it? That's right. Um, he, so obviously, Victor, Victor does have some hobbies out of you know, other than sitting and watching telly. Yeah, maybe it's a dark night, and you know, perhaps he mm. goes out in some summer evenings or whatever. Um, I suppose it's that retirement thing as well, isn't it? You know, what if he's filled his day up going out and doing something? Just wants mm. to go overnight. Um, yeah, I think I think he wants. He's definitely a creative man, and Margaret. Yeah, she doesn't really. I think she she has not been back a couple of times, like with the script writing yeah. and. And the puppet. I was just going to say about that. She does seem a little, a little cruel to him, doesn't she? You know, even when he, 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 he yes. gets the doll down a few serious time from the loft. She gets jealous of the doll. She gets incredibly jealous, and obviously that drives the episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Which, which is, you know, quite, quite good narrative to it. He's, he's at yeah, his best. Sort of say to him, "Oh, you were never very good at this," you know, about the ventriloquism or the magic acts. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, maybe it is that just kind of. She feels confident enough to say that without knowing, without knowing he won't take offence, or um, yeah. I don't know. He's, I mean, he's at his. Um, I think he's at his best when he's busy, but he's, oh, yeah. he's yeah. miserable and grumpy when he's not got nothing to do. But we're at a busy pub now. It's a lush yeah. little looking. I think I must be. I'm sure it's a set, but it looks like a real atmospheric, quite it, sweet it, it, little. It does. It pub does look good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Full of character, and we're introduced to actor Richard Davies. Died in 2015, but he's been in Not the Nine O'Clock News, Dick Emery, Whoops Apocalypse, Zed Cars, um, loads of stuff. I think it's Mr. Price in Please Sir, actually, one of his biggest roles. Oh, Please Sir, yeah. yeah. Please, uh, again, that's one I've watched actually. It's, it's quite good. There's some, some great episodes of that. Um, but he is like a, a, a sitcom legend in a way yes. from, from that role. You know, if he you is a legend in the own field. I'm yeah. sure people watching this would have gone, oh, that's him from Please Sir, you know, because it yes. was at his time a, a very big sitcom. Um, yeah. He does it a lot of Ringwick, doesn't he? He sort of plucks kind of older comic actors or actors that have been in sitcoms and, yeah. and gives them roles. Um, yeah, he's great to see. Roman, he's just a genius all over, isn't he? But with this um, person, he introduced, we know him as, in a moment, we'll know him as Billy Whitney, but he opens up with, I don't believe it. Um, yeah. As he spots Victor, Victor's a little perplexed, not quite sure who this is approaching him. And he, well, he introduced himself as going to Stops, Stopsley Road Secondary. My God, Billy Whitney! <laughs> this must be the coincidence of all time. It's been well, 50 years. So they, it's, apparently, it's been 50 years since they met. And Victor says, You haven't changed a bit, which I thought was quite amusing. So, sort of a yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. backhanded compliment in many ways. And just. They're just reminiscing just, now, aren't they? I think he's backpedalling, having forgotten, and, you know, not even recognised who he was. I think that's the yes. thing, isn't it? It's, uh, but sometimes those names and faces do go, don't they? You know, and it, well, if someone asked me to, well, if someone asked me to recall everyone I went to school with and put face to names, you know, I, you know we're talking fifteen years since I left school, so I, mm. I would struggle now to, to sort of do it. So imagine fifty years of it. Yeah, we're obviously we're led to understand that these two go back a long way and. Billy Whitney uh, is recounting a couple of the school chums. The, the bloke who put his face in the tomato soup, a bit of a mummy's boy, wore a balaclava in the shower, and they established that someone called Fosky Gaskill. There's some great is, names there, isn't there? This is what one, <laughs> great foot, one Foot is all about, the names, isn't it? These yeah. sort of quite mad, quippy names. And then there's another bloke they try to um, try to recall. And that mad character with, with the, with the trousers like a circus clown. Remember, everybody in assembly used to stick handkerchiefs in their mouths and stop themselves laughing. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Uh, it was, what do you mean? Uh, 
Meldrew. Victor Meldrew. <laughs> Who is this? And then it, this is the big drop. This is the big, like, yeah. Yeah. laugh out loud. Ah, oh, uh, Victor Meldrew. <laughs> you think, oh, poor Victor. Like, this guy's mistaken him for someone totally different. Oh, God, he was a pillock, wasn't he, eh? <laughs> <laughs> There's a big drawing of him on the wall in the girls' toilet. <laughs> I can see it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, you'd remember him, Steve. Because a lot of people thought that the, a lot of people thought that the two of you looked a bit similar at one time of day. And yeah, Billy Whitney's in stitches laughing, which I thought was quite sad, really, because Victor. I ever when I first watched this, it was funny and a bit of a shock. I think the sensitive side of me was going off, like poor Victor, like yeah, probably just been reminded he was bullied at school. But it, it turns out it was because Billy Whitney. And had entrusted this Victor Meldry to look after his hamster, and he, ha he basically didn't look after the hamster properly, and it led to its uh, death. Yeah, he was a right bastard, no, I think. <laughs> yes, well, uh, actually, Billy, I Why, think you... Yes, I remember now. I gave him my hamster one year to look after while I was on holiday. I came home and found that his cat had eaten it. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was bad enough, except he tried to palm it off as a suicide. <laughs> he gave me some tale about it throwing itself off the sideboard into the path of a speeding marble. <laughs> Said his mother must have been crossbred with a lemming or something. <laughs> yeah, I've forgotten every word about it. Uh, and um, he said he tried to commit suicide. And, uh, that a bit of a Python, was that a bit of a Monty Python nod, do you think? Yeah, I think so, bit. yeah. Threw, threw itself into the path of a speeding marble. Um, mm. Yes. The crossbred with a lemmy, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just thought that was quite. But you know, again, it's Victor's misfortune, isn't it? Only that could happen to Victor, couldn't it? You know that he's given something to look after, and then it, it dies. It goes back to that's you know the tortoise in series two, doesn't it? You know of what do you do in that situation? Do you? Uh, yeah, you yeah. Honest? I suppose you know maybe that it, it informs his decision later on. You know that if you're honest to people, then uh, it can have. It can work both ways, can't it? You obviously can upset right. somebody, but but it's also better to be honest, perhaps. Look, have you noticed there's a cheer there from the audience? Yeah, sure. I wrote, so I made my geeky <laughs> notes. I put, what is the cheer? They all I, go, I've Way. always that. How many years I've watched this episode, and I've gone, what? what? I mean, what maybe is, maybe it's just because people, there's people in the pub. They're probably playing a game, but I just thought. Yeah. It yeah. seemed to be timed perfectly to what. Yeah, oh, you're right. No thought actually. It could be could be in the pub, couldn't it? I thought. I, I'm sure. I, was thought, I thought it was the laugh track. You know where, where they recorded it and, and, and people. Maybe they maybe maybe like it was they kept fluffing their lines. And they finally got there. Yeah, maybe so, that was it. Yeah, there's all, all these little things that go on in a sitcom recording, I suppose, aren't they? Um, but, but I don't. Renwick's so rigid with his direct, like, well, with, oh, with how yeah. he likes. It. I don't know if he would like. The audience to go away. I don't know, but I, I'm sure yeah. it's just you know people in the pub. I'm always wondered about that part. But I, yeah, I just think it's harshly they thought. Well, he, this Billy thought Victor's a bit of a, a bastard, but quite funny. His Welsh accent does make you laugh. Bit of a bastard. Now I come to think of it, and yet another animal death reference in One Foot in the Grave. This time it's yeah. a hamster. We don't see it, but we learn. Um, I, I just wonder actually because Victor. As a, a young lad, tried lied his way out of, or tried to excuse why the hamster died. I wonder if he learnt from that uh, later on in life. When in we 
in the episode we put her in the living to, uh, tomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He, really, he wanted to be honest, didn't he? And say, look, let's just Yeah, tell I think him. so. Yeah, and so. um, yeah, again, Margaret at the time didn't want to, want to admit it, but no. we, we get, we're at the other end of the pub. It's not exactly the other end of the pub, it's only a few yards away. We're at the bar. Margaret is, I think she's getting the drinks in for her and Victor, and she bumps into her friend Meg. This is the first time we've seen Meg, and she's, she, she seems a little bit irritating. If you ask me, she just seems a little bit, I don't know, a bit in your face, but she. I think a bit, uh, Margaret's a bit startled because she has given the excuse that they're not going to this wedding or yeah. in a few days' time. So she's like, oh, crap. You know, and, yeah, and, it's uh, also kind of, you know, why would she be in the pub if her husband's in the hospital? That's always kind of like... Well, this is this... Well, Meg just sort of is okay with it, isn't she? But some people would think, you know... Well, I guess... Why are you here? You know, yeah, I, I, I'm quite right. I think that's why Margaret's thinking, oh, crap, you know, I'm going to get found out here. And she yeah. doesn't. She doesn't know at this point that Victor is quickly not. I don't say befriended, but is sat at Meg's husband's table. Yeah. Which brings hilarious. Well, you can see um, what's going to happen, can't you? You know, it is. It is one of those situations. It doesn't happen all that often, one foot. But you know, this is almost signposted, isn't it, to, yeah. to what's going to happen here? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's so good. And Margaret is introduced to Steve, which we know often is Victor. Yeah. And she's also introduced to Meg's husband, yep. uh, Billy. And he's, show, he's passing on his sympathies for her husband due to the prostate uh, operation. But she's got to go st <laughs> she's still got to go along with. Oh, I'm sorry. This is an old mate of mine, Steve Posnett. Is this... <laughs> This is Meg, my bride to be on Saturday, and uh, hello. And this is Margaret, who works in the same shop. Pleased to meet you, Steve. Hi, dear. Nice to meet you. I don't know if you mentioned Diana Coupland's playing Meg here. Now again, she's another sitcom legend. Uh, yeah. Um, Bless his house, Mr. James. Um, Bless his, yeah. So yeah, another and you know two two great sitcom seventies stars there playing you know uh, characters that are about to be married um yeah. maybe just a little bit of a uh you know a nod i makes you wonder you know did renwick have a lot to say in the casting uh, i kind of hope he did you imagine he probably did if you um, read, but if you read the richard webber story of one put in the grave book which is yes amazing, yeah really, um yeah it talks a lot about uh, director susie belden Yes. Who I think he used to work quite closely with her for the casting. Yeah. So I think maybe um, maybe he did. I think as the show became more established, perhaps perhaps he did. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyway, with with Victor, Margaret, and uh, Billy and Meg, uh, the all good introductions have begun, and it it's almost looks like they're setting Margaret up with this Steve. Like I felt get that vibe, but. Yeah, we wanted to get them to get to know each other because I think they assumed yeah. this this Steve, quote unquote, was single. I don't. That's just the vibe I got. I didn't obviously didn't mention this. That's well, she, she does say later on that she doesn't think much of Victor. You know, calls him a um, a, a, a nutter or something, doesn't yes. she? So she probably thinks Margaret's better off. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, they do mention which that again is a little bit sad in a way, isn't it? That, that someone could kind of um, has this view of Victor, uh, and I suppose he doesn't help himself. But you know, we know him. Uh, we know he's he's actually a, a genuinely decent guy, isn't he? And wants wants yes. 
mess, really, doesn't he? Yeah, obviously the outside world's perception. And you don't see it all that often, yeah, outside of Victor, um, outside of Patrick and Pippa and, and Mr. Sweeney, what yeah. people actually think of Victor. You know, no, I, he's got a know reputation. Barbara, know the Beldrews. Um, he's, he's got this reputation that is, I think, dumbfounded, to be honest, yeah. because he's nothing, he's mostly, he's, I think it's just what he moans about. Like, we agree what he yeah. moans about, but he, take, yeah. he can take it too far. But yeah. um, anyway, so he's put on the spot. When, when they learn that Margaret is from Riverbank, uh, Billy Whitney says, oh, it's very good for the rubbish dump. Is that because they referenced people like um, fly tipping in the area or something? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought about that. And then did I think, is he actually talking about a, a, a tip where people just take yeah. the, you know rubbish and it was just a throwaway line? I don't know. Again, that's always kind of... Weirdly, we've chosen to talk about this episode. There's a lot of questions in this episode I've always had. So it's a good episode to talk about. Talk about too, because, yeah, there's a few things that you, for years you've watched it and you go, oh, what, did that mean that or did that mean that? And, and, and you finally, yeah, just be able to chew it over with someone is, is great. Um, yeah, so yeah I don't know, but no, it, it, it could well be that you know, yeah, people go fly tipping and, and, and chuck stuff in there. That's what he's it's his kind of sarcastic way of saying, Oh, yeah, that's one way of getting rid of your rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> that's yeah, why that's how that's how I understood it. And Victor thinks on his feet when asked where he lives, and he looks at a cigarette pack and said, Oh, in Dunhill, which now again, I never got that joke either until recently. Um, no, I didn't know what Dunhill cigarettes were, so well, uh, as it as it as it happens, they um. Billy and Meg don't live that far away from um, Dunhill, which between now and the end of the scene, Victor, once again, is just trying to sell the truth and he gets a kick in the nads by Margaret. Um, at the final, yeah. I think there's two occasions he tries. Uh, yeah. Just before that, um, Margaret interrupts Victor by saying, Meg, I've got you these, these lovely tongs, look. Yeah, and yeah. so she didn't wrap them up or anything. She just, I think, desperate <laughs> times, just give her the, the wedding yeah. present as it is out yeah. of the bag. Then yeah. the second occasion, Victor tries to say, "Look, come clean," and he gets kicked in the, you know what? Well, I've always wondered why Victor doesn't just say he lives at Riverbank, but just round the corner, you know, or something Good like that. Good point. It, 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 again, I was just thinking on your feet, isn't it? I suppose it is a bit too obvious. They could say, "Well, well why don't you know each other?" But I don't sure. know the people five doors down from me, you know. Yeah. Since this coronavirus um, thing, we've been out clapping and things, so you see people more, I think. But yeah. you don't know people, do you? You know, you wouldn't know them in the supermarket necessarily. So, um, yeah, yeah it's that. Obviously, again, it has to work that way for the narrative, doesn't it? So this is thing when when, when you dissecting it. But. This is it when you're dissecting a podcast. Like mostly, doesn't matter, but it's all part. It of doesn't, but it, it's just interesting, isn't it? That you kind of want these things to be so true to life that you think. Oh, there's, there's a slight flaw in that, isn't there? Or, you know, why didn't you just do that? Or, yeah. but I suppose people on the feet, they just, you know, come out with something, don't they? Uh, what yeah, first thing you can think of. If I say it. Riverbank, it'll sound too, too weird, so I'll say something different. <laughs> um, maybe if he said he was at Rivers Bank, because there's a Rivers Bank. Yeah, there? we know that, don't we, from a few series time, yeah. It's also a great coincidence, there's, there's a Dunhill, isn't there? You know, mm. is, is that just a great coincidence? I mean, obviously, we've, I think you established before that this series is not set anywhere particular, is it? We, we, we know it's somewhere outside London, perhaps, isn't it? Um, but, you know, there just happens to be a Dunhill and there's Dunhill cigarettes. Yeah. Um, you know, that obviously works really well, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, um, they, uh, Billy and Meg are, are taking them both home because it is, it is uh, dodgy weather. They drop Margaret off. Victor finds an excuse to leave the car and he's peer pressured to stay in because it's, 
it's miles away from Dunhill and it's going to buck it down any minute. And I just like how Margaret shuts the door. She Before she shuts the door, she goes, nice to meet you, uh, Steve. Um, yeah. Followed by yeah. a little pause. <laughs> and then they all say goodbye and she slams the door. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of on Victor saying bye, mid, mid-word yeah. almost. I just thought it was yeah. quite very specific detail picked up. I thought it was funny. And it's, but it's almost Victor. like she's annoyed at Victor, but this isn't Victor's fault for the first time, is it? You know, it's, this is Margaret's doing. Isn't this it? is Margaret's doing. Margaret created this situation, so yeah. she can't really be annoyed at Victor. He's, he's just sort of there, isn't he? But, uh, I also, yeah. do you think, um, because we learned that, I mean, Meg said, again, poor old Victor, they still think of Steve. They said, feel sorry for that woman. Uh, she, you know, her husband's a bit of a mental case, according <laughs> to Steve. That's it, mental case. I was trying to think of what it was. I was thinking, yeah. she's obviously, not only is Margaret doesn't want the, the reveal you know, to come out. But also, she's probably worried that Meg will say, oh, you should see what she says about you at work. Because Victor's quite sensitive. Yeah, so possibly. Yeah, Meg, Meg yeah, yeah. She's yeah. trying to double down on her line. So she's probably playfully cruel about, about him. But um, yeah. that's a good point. I don't know. But anyway, so they go for a, a drive. They arrive at the Dunhill. And now this scene, so where Victor gets up the car, it's absolutely tipping down. First of all, I, did, I love the fact that the downpour of rain was just in one part of the shot. They obviously got this massive rig of like. Um, well, I, did, I did read about this in, in Richard Weber's book. You know, you mentioned Richard <laughs> Weber. So, yeah, they, they filmed this outside, obviously, and got a rain machine. Uh, yeah. and it, was, it was a bit of a night shoot, and they had all yeah. sorts of problems, apparently. They had a, a, a gas, so they could smell gas, so they had to stop filming. Oh, really? Um, and then they couldn't find a, a gas leak, so that they started up again. And also, Richard Wilson uh, had his hand trapped in the car door, apparently, on set. Uh, and they had to take him to hospital. Got to the hospital and found it was shut. Had to knock on the door to let them in. Um, and then I think it was Susie Belbin, whoever, rang back to them and said, and, you know, hang about coming back. But that got cross wires and they all left. So Victor and okay. Richard Wilson and Susie go back there and, and the whole crew's gone. So, oh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I haven't read that book for years, but I've still got it. So I'm going to have to... Maybe oh, when the series... When, when I get through six series of one foot plus all the specials, I'll probably do a little read back on. on but it's, it's just little bits like that, isn't it, that you just love because you, you love you know, it. You just think, um, yeah, these things happen on filming, don't they? You know, things aren't straightforward. That's true, yeah. Like, you know, and, and on, on a show like this, it is kind of life imitating art, isn't it? You know, they have they have accidents, things go wrong. It is, things yeah. Go wrong in the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just thought it looks quite. Again, it's not something you really pick up, but when for the purpose of the podcast, you know, we're reviewing this episode with more detail, so you do notice these things more. But the downpour of the rain is seemingly actually you could say it's quite not what's the word I'm looking for, where you know, like a cartoon where the, the characters get all the bad luck gets just gets a cloud of rain above his head. Yeah, a bit, a bit like wacky racers, you know, only it's, falls on Dick Dastardly or something, doesn't it? It's, it's kind localized of localized like, into, into one area. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of yeah. unintentionally yeah. like that because it is just all over. The rain is just falling. But anyway, he's got he gets out of the car and he's outside the house. He doesn't know who the owners are, and it reminded me of Only Fools and Horses, Yuppie Love. Where Rodney oh, yeah. Yeah, lies yeah. to Cassandra and says he lives at Kings Avenue and he's still outside the house, yeah. and the, and the and the owners just looking down at him like she's waiting for Cassandra to go and it pisses down with rain there. It's the same with this. Except we don't see the house owners just nope. to hiding behind, um, well, around the back, and he's greeted by Billy again, who needs the toilet, and he doesn't allow he stands his ground he doesn't allow billy to go inside he doesn't want to wake anyone up but if i was billy i'd be like oh, come on mate like it's peeing down i'm 
Just giving you a lift. What, I need the toilet. Again, what's interesting there is Billy seems to know there's an outside toilet. Yeah, he? that's like, why he's, I thought, he I thought spies he... it, doesn't he? And he must just spot it. That's rescued Victor again, big time, isn't it? In 1990, again, maybe, or sorry, 1992, maybe there were still quite a few houses knocking around that, that used an outside toilet. I don't know. There but might have been some knocking around, but I, I think people would, rest... would, have, would have stopped using them, wouldn't they? They might have been there still, but they might not, not you know, converted it to something else, like a shed or something. I think they, yeah. I think it absolutely rescued him, like you said. And it, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then he, and then he goes and hides in the bushes and gets found out once again. Kind of gets exposed, well, if you like. He, he Victor is exposed, he's, and he, he accuses of not accuses. Sorry, he gives his excuse of trying to find frog, isn't it? Little stuff. Yeah. Trying to look, look at anything everywhere. Yeah, that's right. It's <laughs> a bit Basil faulty actually in in the psychiatrist episode, but he's hiding yeah. in the cupboard. Yeah, um, it's up there, yeah. a bit of game pie up there, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's it. <laughs> okay, so um, the, the following morning, I can only assume a Victor's definitely caught some sort of cold, to say the yeah. least, after being out in the rain all night. I've got... and, uh, just jumping back, do you think Billy attacks him here? The reason I say that is that there's a wanted poster a little bit later on, and it looks like Victor's got a black eye. Now, again, that might just be me okay. making that, that link wrongly there, mm. but I, I, I always thought that, you know... Um, Billy punches him and he ends up with a black eye or something. But he doesn't, doesn't seem to have one, does he, in the next scenes. It's probably just me, uh, you know, look, looking good, at that poster a bit, bit, bit different. It, we, we don't see Billy's reaction, do we? So it's obviously quite well shot in that you, you just kind of imagine what Billy would have said. And, well, and does, does, does Victor own up and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually Victor? Uh, you don't know, do you? It's just kind of left, it ends there, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Victor's, he's obviously driven, not, sorry, walked all the way home because... If he was given yeah. a lift home, he would have probably caught this cold. Being in yeah. the cold rain all night, I think it can bring on a sniffle. But yeah, good, good point. I, I one can only imagine. I think he's just reputation goes even further down the drain because if he yeah. goes, I'm actually Victor Meldrew. Yeah. This, 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 uh, Steve. Sorry, this Billy is going to be like, yeah, you are the pillock. I remember. Remember. Yeah. You. Again, I've always wondered about that. I always wondered because it's not revealed, and that's maybe that you know it works better that it's not revealed. Mm. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Kind of left wondering. How does Victor kind of explain explain it away and 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 carry on, you know? And obviously, he does get home, doesn't he, with his cold? So I don't know why you had to get up. You'd feel much better if you stayed in bed. I feel worse when I stay in bed. <laughs> so yeah, the next morning, he's. I think Margaret's been quite sweet here. She's brought up. Um, she's clearly brought up a bed and sorry, bed but a breakfast tray, and he's he's come back down with it and. Margaret says, you know, you should just stay in bed if you're unwell. You know. He he says, I feel worse if I stay in bed. He's yep. completely lost his voice, which adds to the comic effect. But he's basically all he can focus on really is calling Chippy Joe because Chippy Joe is obviously a regular or someone they use, hence the nickname. Yeah. To, to yeah, fix whatever no, would, yeah. yeah. And he Victor is he's pretty annoyed. He's been, he waited four hours yesterday. Him to arrive, so he's going to make a call. So as soon as he picks up the telephone, yet more British Telecom issues for the Meldrews. Yeah. The Radio Five um, is blocking there. Well, it's essentially taking over their line. I, I think that did used to happen now and again with phone well, lines. Again, for you say that because I, I had to Google that today to see whether it could happen, and it, apparently it can. Um, well, yeah, still, it's, it's not now. No, I think, but it was older phones that didn't have something called shielding or something. It was called right. that, that, that protect, protected the line. But phones could even cross over. Apparently, you know, you could hear, you could pick up someone else's conversation, just the yeah. faint bit of it, because it was, it was just obviously, you know, 
was quite like primitive, C- I suppose. Wasn't yeah, it? you know, in like this, around. That was like the CB radio where you could sort of listen yeah, on yeah, true, conversations. True. But yeah, um, so so when he when Mar- I think Margaret leaves to go to work, I assume, and Victor's just got off the phone. And Chippy Joe comes through the back door, which is quite familiar. Comes through the sort of kitchen yeah. door. Morning, Mr. Mildrew. You well? Where the hell have you been? We did say Wednesday, didn't we? <laughs> which is yeah. funny, but I don't know why it got such a huge laugh, because I think it's maybe just the way Chippy Joe came across as sort of quite innocent and a bit dopey. A bit dopey. Oh, we did say Wednesday, didn't we? Which well, I suppose it's just quite a common thing people have, isn't it? You know, and I don't want to make a comment about work, workmen and generalise, but I think that can happen a lot where, you know, they're quite fast and loose with um, timings and things, can't they? They can say, you know, if, yes. if they've forgotten something, they can say, oh, well, we did mean that, didn't we? So, you mm. know, maybe maybe that resonated with quite a few of the audience of, of experiences with waiting around for, for, for people to come and do work or wait, just waiting around in general. You know, if you're sat in waiting even for a delivery, mm. sometimes that can be infuriating, kind of. Chippy Joe, played by Jonathan Kidd. Um, he's a, a jobbing actor. He's done loads of stuff. I don't know if you recognise him. Uh, well, he's, well, he's already been in one for, hasn't he? He's, he's cropped up before. <coughs> Excuse me. He Remind the, me where, where he... Market stall holder in That's Valley it, yes. Yeah, he saw the, uh, yeah, the gun. the jacket off. Um, well, steals the jacket off. Um, yes. And ends up being terrified of yeah, seeing the it. grenade, doesn't he? Um Christopher, and, Christopher Ryan has been in. He's yeah, played the Mackenzie Twins and he's, yeah, he's come back, hasn't he? Um, and and Renwick's used this guy in um, Jonathan Creek as well. He he shows up in an episode there. Um, again, you, oh. he's, he's, he's he's got a guy called Mickey Daniels, Seer of the Sand. It's not it's not it's one of the best yeah. episodes. It, it's kind of later. It's on like a series. servant almost, isn't he? Or something? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but again, you can you know. Uh, Obviously, just knows this actor and knows knows his, his range and knows what he, play, he can play well. You can trust and, him, basically. Yeah. yeah, which is which is great. You know, if you obviously make a connection, I suppose, with a writer or an actor, that you know that does work, doesn't it? Mm. Well, um, Chippy Joe gets working on shaving the bottom ends of the door. I think what Victor's real first great comeback line comes up now because he says, <laughs> <laughs> "What's he say? Do you want anything off the top?" Uh, Victor's yeah. sarcastic response. He said, "Yeah, I'll have a shampoo and set <laughs> and blonde highlights." Yeah, and he's yeah. he's quite snappy with Chippy Joe. I guess it's because he he's already on the wrong side of Victor by not turning up when he's supposed to. But I thought well, it, it seems quite... like Chippy Joe's used to him as well. He just kind of ignores it, doesn't he? Doesn't yeah, he's he like reacts, does he? He's like, just used to Victor being the way he is. Uh, that's like Mr. Swaney. Mr. Swaney doesn't yeah. really respond. Yeah, to it's the just, just oblivious. Still maintains a a, a cheer a cheerfulness throughout it, doesn't he? Uh, yeah. Do you not think Richard Wilson's really straining his voice here? He, you know, he, he, I hope he got paid a bit extra for doing this because to act is hard, but to act it with is. a voice like that, you know, he's really must be putting damage to the Probably. stretching his vocal cords. <laughs> I think. I expect uh, so. I mean, I think it it works quite well because um, Chippy Joe can't quite understand him, and he asks, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah." Uh, just enough to be able to open it, uh, but not enough so that it, it, it creates a draft. How much do you want off these exactly? Uh, just enough so they open, but not enough for a draft. <laughs> I said, how much do you want off these, Mr. <laughs> yeah, he kind of explains it quite well, and then, 
I said, I said, what do you want off that, Mr. Meldrew? So, you know, <laughs> that's that kind of... Uh, <laughs> obviously, it's just... Uh, nice as anything, imagines Victor's not heard it or whatever. Um, it just lines up a, a reaction from Victor. Just yeah. shave it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he, he sneezes all over his uh, jigsaw, which he's probably taken ages to do. But Chippy Joe's already uh, had time to identify the fact that he's got a chicken's head in... You've got a chicken's head in your geranium. Some, your person's yeah. got a piece of drain pipe in it. So he's had time to... Um, but again, the first time I heard that, I think, what's he on about? And then eventually, you think, oh, yeah, it's the jigsaw puzzle, isn't Infect, it? Don't you? Yeah. But at first, it's just delivered as, as like, hang on, is he talking about outside or what? You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, he's uh, it's, it's just pointing out the bleeding obvious in these scenes. That's it, isn't it? When someone says you realise, don't you? You know, they don't, perhaps people don't mean to be, you know, patronising or whatever, but it just comes across as, well. Oh, all right, thank you. No. <laughs> Sounds like you've got a bit of a cold coming on there, Mr. Meldrew. <laughs> So he's so far been, yeah, oblivious, quite quite submissive to sort of Victor's short temper. Um, later in the day, uh, sort of in the hallway area, uh, there's another phone call that comes through to the house. Well, I'd say another phone call, the first phone call of the day. And Victor comes out of the, I think he's just fresh out of the shower, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> covered in shaving foam or whatever, isn't he? And uh... Yes, and um, which forms part of the joke a little bit later on, doesn't it? Also, a joke you call this a bloody. I think you can hear music again, so yeah, yeah, Victor, yeah. Victor screams on the phone at the, the operator. We're back at the florists, very brief switch over. Margaret, yeah. is, is she trying to phone Victor? I don't really get the point of this scene, I don't I know don't. why. And, and they obviously built a set for it, and and they put Meg in there as well, which again, I don't know why she's there. But it's kind of like establishing that Victor can't get through to Victor, but we know that because Victor's on the phone. So I don't hmm. think really, it doesn't play any part later on, doesn't it? Like she's trying to warn him about something and she can't get through. It just kind of happens and then it and then it goes. Yeah, so, I'd, like, I'd like anyone who's listening to this podcast to give a theory or just to tell us what the purpose yeah, of that scene I, was. Because I have I'm no idea why that's there. Semi-curious on that one. So um, anyway. It's probably the only time we see the florist, isn't it? Um, that's true, yeah. It's very yeah. true. And yeah, I wonder if maybe there was some an extended scene they had to cut, perhaps there again. We don't know how much stuff's cut out of episodes. That's true. And you, you imagine Renwick probably does write enough to fill an episode, but maybe if timings change, he has to they have to cut bits. Um, yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Uh, but yeah, I would like to, I would like I, to know. Interesting. Interesting. Back. Switch back to um, assumably the same kind of day. Victor's. Yeah. Um, got his lunch on the uh, lunch tray. Yeah, sat, he's quite peacefully sat down in the uh, sun chair this time. Uh, he goes to close the door to the kitchen. I think he's just been a bit particularly. He just wants the door shut. Maybe there's a breeze coming. I must admit, I'm a bit like that. I like a bit of OCD. I can't settle if if a door's open or something, <laughs> or if you know something slightly yeah. uh, ajar, a window's ajar, or something. I have to just before I can sit down and enjoy my lunch, I have to do it. So I'm a bit of a victor there in that respect, I'm afraid. Um, no, that's I mean, which which it has to happen because he slams the door. He puts it. He puts for some reason this tray of food down in front of one door, walks to the yeah. other door to, and it it, it looks like the uh, the door is still quite. Um, he's not quite shaved enough off the bottom, and he's moaning. Supposed to fix this, slams the door, and then the other door, for, it's not even on its hinges, falls onto his plate, and Chippy Joe. <laughs> rather than helpfully, puts around. Said, oh, yeah. I was just going to say, I've not <laughs> screwed the uh, door back on yet. I mean, again, um, this was almost a little bit signposted from the camera angle. It kind of switched. It's that old sort of thing of you see 
something in a wider shot because you know mm. something's going to happen. You know, someone's going to either come through the door or whatever. But it had to be like that because it kind of wouldn't have been as funny if Victor had shut it and then they cut to that door. So it had yeah. to work where it, it, it's a wider shot. Um, mm. But uh, yeah. it doesn't take anything away from it. But again, just interesting those sort of things. I, I, I pick up on sometimes and think, oh yeah, they obviously had to film it like that to make it work. Um, it's, it's a purpose behind every shot, as you say. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It, it, I guess it worked. To that re- in some regard, but it annoys me. I've touched on my D and T teacher. The Chippy Joe is there doing the shavings, a brand new carpet, no, no um, rag or anything. Yeah, that's at true. All. yeah, you do see him. Admittedly, you do see him sweeping up later on. But again, if I was Victor and I got a brand new, let alone a brand new carpet, just on your carpet, you'd be saying, you know, can't you take that outside and do it, or you know, or at least put a rag down or something. It, it, it's just kind of, it just happens, doesn't it? Um, yeah, but he's Chippy Joe, Victor, isn't he? Uh, uh, are beggars to get up out of carpet, I think, you know, it's not yeah, the but, things. Yeah, but he's Chippy Joe and he's you know, dod- dodgy Douglas, you know, he's just... Well, yeah, he's true, yeah, he's cheap... in and out, isn't he? And, uh, you I've know, got no time for that quite kind cheap, of thing. isn't he? I imagine Victor doesn't want to pay too much, so he has, has picked someone who's... Yeah. who's... Go back to Basil Fault there, really, isn't it? You know, kind of get, <laughs> getting... You, you get what you pay for, don't you? That's true. Um, yeah, Mr. O'Reilly. Mr. <laughs> O'Reilly, yeah. And even even the so about Chippy Joe, just linking back there, Victor had the the um, uh, the, the guy who came to decorate it, who ended up taking all the wallpaper off, even though Victor oh, had yes. told him not to, hadn't he? Yeah, uh, because he, he he'd met him in the pub. I think that was was it. Put her in the living tomb again, I think, wasn't it? Um, oh God, I reviewed it. I can't even remember now. But, but again, you know, Victor has this knack, doesn't he, of, of picking these workmen? Who, yeah, he's uh, a bit, bit cheapskatey, but I, I, yeah. I, I speculated how much money have they got. Like, it's quite well. Again, this is interesting. Yeah, you know, you wonder whether they have saved, uh, you know, and if there's just the two of them. Imagine not having kids that can save this. Yeah. A huge chunk of money. Um, yeah, they probably like say, he's, worked, he's worked as a security guard, so you know, you don't know what the salary was, do you? Um, um, mm. But he does the pools as well. Maybe he had a win on the pools once. Um, Perhaps all, all these sorts of things aren't that aren't really established. But we just being fans, we want to know, don't we? We kind of want to know a bit more about it, but. I, I perhaps perhaps they they've had a win um, an inheritance payout and it's inheritance yeah. rates are probably better then and yeah. they've not got a mortgage probably because house prices no. are probably quite cheap yeah to, that, to a certain extent but well, um, it's, it's, you know I have people in their sixties who tell me oh you know my mortgage is paid off and you know I think know. I don't know if mine have paid off the time six I hope so but who knows you know if we remortgage or whatever but um, yeah is like you say, a bit of that generation, isn't it? They perhaps did save and, and looked ahead and thought, yeah, pay it off and, and yeah. anything that gets a bonus. But Yeah, I think I, I think one, like I said, when I get through the the episodes of the series, I'll, I'll do character bios and we'll do some podcasts on individual characters. And oh, great. Speculate, yeah. the, try and paint a picture of their background. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot to think about. There's loads, yeah. loads for us fellow nerdlings out there discuss <laughs> um in the e- i think uh, evening time uh, victor and margaret once again sat in the middle of the living room margaret's reading a book and yep. victor is doing that bloke thing or you do it that of a certain age where you're just inspecting the work carried out and he's oh, yeah. fascinated yeah. with the fact that the door is essentially fixed but he spent he took about well, a dozen times he's opening and closing the door which is it's taking a bit of pride, isn't it? I suppose he's finally happy that it's done. You know, he's he's kind of got the two things where he wanted them. He's got the carpet how he wants yeah. it, and he's got the door how he wants it. And it's just, but he's also got nothing to do. I say, yeah, it's just part he's got of nothing to do. He's, he's just creeping in now. He's got no. 
Um, so do you think this is the same day? Because his voice has recovered. If you notice, Good point. Oh, God, his yeah. voice has completely recovered. Now, again, that's always bugged me a little bit. So I think, you know, how quick is that? You know, if you lose your voice, your voice is going. How, I, how, how soon I, does it come back? I'm going um, to assume Chippy Joe is Chippy Joe. So he'd probably like, I need to come back in a couple of days to finish this bit off. And then that time is, is, uh, his voice has come back. I guess we can... Possibly. Again... Then he does make a reference about something. He made he mentioned a reference about something being last night or something like that. Or uh, no, that's it. When the policemen come round, they say that there was a, a break in last night at this um, or ah, intruder. Right, you've answered so the question. It is then. on the same night. Um, okay, miraculous so, recovery. Again, just, yeah, I suppose it can. You know, if he's had a bit of, you know, a bit rest of, of oh, how, it, has, it does does recover. I don't know. How about a bit of Greek rum? Maybe that's possibly, done, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe soothed, soothed him over. Uh, maybe, he was, maybe he was playing for sympathy. You don't know, Victor, do you? Maybe he was, you know, putting it on a little bit, and now no one's giving him sympathy there. He's just giving up with it. But yeah, perhaps I, I speculating there a little bit. But cue a marvelous Margaret outburst. Oh, for God's sake, will you sit down and stop? Bunch as though you've got some dance. <laughs> I always make a point of praising Annette Crosby's oh, um, yeah, yeah. God's sake, Victor. And they both snap at each other because they've got nothing to do. Oh, I mean, Margaret's yeah. trying her best to read. As ever, Margaret is often trying to read or keep busy and gets irritated yeah. by Victor's boredom. But I think yeah, Victor says, I'm you know, what's the matter with you? And she says, Well, it's not me, it's you. And yeah. Victor's, I knew you'd be like this. Um, as soon as you don't have a television, <laughs> you get like... And they, again, mentioned... Men um, actually, well, before I get to that bit, Victor sneaks to the window. That's it, to, to spy Mrs. Aylesbury. Yeah, I don't know if that comes before TV. or after the outburst. I, th I'm not I think it's just before the outburst, because before. Margaret says something like, you can't see it from there. That's, yeah, uh, which brings a great laugh. He's she knows he's, he's trying to... Watch Colombo. Another look, another, another reference. Miss um, Ellsbury's television this time, because Mrs. Ellsbury's yeah. um, later on in the series does try to watch their television from there. That's right. Yeah, she's watching through, through the window. Isn't so she? it's obviously, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, obviously that, yeah, yeah. But yeah, another detective reference, like you say, and then that leads to the bit of messing up the door and the outburst, which is fantastic. She also says to him, "Have you got some Vitus dance?" Now again, I had to look this up because I heard this before as well. And Delboy asks um, yes. if horse is Uncle Albert when he's steering the ship out in Hull and Back. He what's says, and he's gone all over the shop, is it? What's wrong with him? You've got some vice dance or something. And it is actually a condition called... Yeah, what's, the, um, what's the actual condition called then? It's called synonym Korea, and it's basically rapid, uncoordinated jerking movements affecting your hands, face and feet. Now, it is curable. So I, I thought he's... Because, again, making a reference like that now might be seen as offensive you know saying oh someone's got you know something wrong yeah. with them and, and making light of it but um the name goes back apparently to the middle ages people had this and they went to the chapel of st vitus that's why it's called st vitus dance i gotta um, say you've done your homework for this i uh, must admit mate, i I'm did really a little impressed. bit of research <laughs> this afternoon looking into this because uh, again it's just a phrase i've heard you hear it a couple yeah, of times I've... St. Dance, and you think i think i've asked my mum before and she doesn't quite know where it's come from but it's just one of those things that's been around and people say if you are a little bit fidgety 
you've yeah. lost the right stance. So again, that's where it comes from. But yeah, nice that they mention it fools and horses. You know, Albert Albert can't steer the ship. It's uh, <laughs> all over the shop. No, I appreciate the. Um, I usually what I would have done if I was doing recordings by myself, I would have paused the recording, googled it. And go, yeah. So yes, yeah, so the right stance means um, I'd have made that I knew, but um, no, uh, I didn't know. I had to Google it previously. I definitely so, had to yeah. Google that. But um, <laughs> so anyway, so we're yeah quite established, very much bored. Yeah. But a bit of excitement is brought into Victor's life, which is bizarre. But he's unusually calm. There's a knock at the door, and he invites in two of these young detectives, which have been mentioned. Now, I always thought one of them looked an awful lot like Griff Reese jones Cross between Griff Reese jones yeah, and yeah, Peter Beards. Yeah, yeah, and Peter right. Beardsley with the chin. Yeah, um, the chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're detectives. I made them. Detective Gannis and Detective Diller. I think it's Again, Gannis. it's not mentioned their names, in, in, but it's in the script, in the in the credits, isn't it? And, and yeah. it must be in the script. But yeah, interesting how they're not given names in the show, though. But Renwick's gone to the trouble of giving them names to credit them. Gannis... Detective Gannis, who looks like Griff Reese Jones, to me, yeah. he also he's, his voice when I watch this back, he sounds like Ainsley Harriet, and oh, the yeah, other yeah, the yeah, other sure. detective looks to me look like Daniel Radcliffe. Oh yeah, back. Sure. I don't know. I've, I've got a habit of pointing out lookalikes, but they, it's a very cheesy line of inquiry. Because they said they said we just come to I can't remember the, the exact line, but one of them says, as they say in the police. Okay. Now, do you know who these two are? These actors are again. I looked them up. Um, go on. They are a duo who apparently presented something called Going Live, which was the predecessor to Live and Kicking. They did oh. one series of it. They took over from Phil Sch Philip Schofield, I think, or, or just after Philip Schofield was doing <laughs> Missouri it. Missouri Boy, yeah. Uh, and but didn't do very well apparently, and 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 were replaced these two guys. Now again. I suppose they were perhaps a, um, a prototype of something like we get now, like Anton Deck of a duo, but maybe um, back in the early 90s, they were seen as perhaps up and coming. I don't know if about it because I wasn't around then, but, but I thought it was interesting. Again, I've never noticed that or never looked that up until I've uh, sat down to look through this. Okay, they are actually a duo in real life, so they're obviously being cast as a duo in this. Mm. Um, whether people were expected to recognise them or not, I don't know. You know, obviously, probably hadn't achieved quite a level of fame. No, it's so, obviously not worked out for them, but I... I, um, I did think... And they disappeared. They don't do anything after this or very little after this, you know, so... Uh, um, I, I, I thought, i, I got to say, like, I think the the comedy acting was a little hammy, but... Um, it sounds like a stereotype, isn't it? It was so, it was so stereotyped. <laughs> we, we uh, just... of, of detectives of the time, I suppose. I don't know, but... Um... Perhaps. Maybe they were just told to give free reign and give their own interpretation of it. I don't know. Or, or it was Renwick saying, "Look, there's, Renwick, there's a lot of crap detective stuff out there." There's a lot Let's of crap detectives on telly. Where you have two, you know, two kind of uh, guys in in smart suits. Maybe something to do with the bill. That's what the bill was doing at the time in the, in the early nineties with, with CID. I don't know, but uh, um, they're, they're round because again, poor old Victor. There's two reasons why they are yeah. the interesting. It's a very casual arrest. Victor's pleased with it because he's obviously into his detective dramas but one what? for speaking um of an unusually indecent nature of the phone call which was traced to victor uh, yeah. to a, a young lady at british telecom due to a whis whispery low husky voice screaming obscenities hot, hot, hot dripping hot, hot dripping all down my um legs now he's talking about his soap isn't he but they think 
yeah. it's pouring dripping down his legs. Um, yes. Again, misunderstanding there. But. And stark bollock naked, yeah, dripping all down yeah, my legs. Yeah, dripping down my legs, I'd say, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and along the fact that his arrest has been doubled down because he's been spotted, like a midnight prowler from the early yeah. scene, he's just been outside someone's house. So they've got, they've even got a photo, <laughs> a photo fit, which is exactly, it's just basically... It's Victor. Like you again, said this is where I thought it looked like he'd been punched. It does look like he's got a slight black eye. Again, it might just be me, but if you get a chance, do have another look at it and see what you think. I'm it, just looking as I speak now. It, it does look as if he's a, a bit rugged, but maybe that's just because he's a black and white sketch. I think, I, always, I think they're always a little bit weird. Like these, these sketches are always a little bit, you know, courtroom drawings. Yeah, I think it, I think when I look at it now, it's like it's, it's like half of his face. It's like Terminator. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. one side yeah. evil. Well, uh, I'm just off to the police station then. What for? What's happened? Uh, I've been arrested. <laughs> Victor is unusually happy to be arrested, but is that to pick how bored he really is and he's just what's well, I wondered, is is he aware? Is he is he joking <laughs> with Margaret and saying he's been arrested? Have, have they told him that? They must have done. Or is he kind of thinking that it's not, you know they're winding me up so he's not you know he's not too worried about it i don't know he just seems quite laid back about it doesn't he well to uh, be fair he can say well the, the phone call thing is british telecom's fault i suppose yeah he, and me hanging out someone's side someone's house all right trespassing but yeah. it was an awkward social situation i i think he can easily explain him, explain himself out of that it's mess almost, maybe it's almost like he's been waiting for this moment like you say he loves his show so it's his chance to get in there and actually you know, be a suspect, but kind of he knows he's going to be ruled out, or he knows he's innocent or whatever. Yeah, um, I think so. Um, I just thought it was interesting how quick they that is delivered to him as well, you know, that they come to the door and then mere seconds pass and then Victor's coming to get his jacket and you know, have they have they delivered that whole line? It doesn't seem like there's enough time to deliver the line. Again, it might just be me noticing that too, <laughs> too much detail, I don't know, but not enough time is left for them to say we're arresting you for this or whatever or or reading the you know the rights or whatever. Um, yeah, because they they, like, they explain it to Margaret quite. Yeah, long they do. Yeah, but yeah. to Victor, it's just like you know. I I see. Maybe he received a call earlier that day to say, look, we've had. I, I this, wondered that as well. Again, we I might mean, we might visit. To kind of satisfy myself. I thought about that. I thought you know, I, yeah, maybe they arranged it. You know, arranged the rest. They call it, don't they? Whatever. Where they say, oh, we need you to come down or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think that's probably the case. And, and that before the scene ends, they the. They have, they've taken those at the jigsaw and reference what Chippy Joe did. Uh, sort of like the drain pipe in the postman's leg or something. <laughs> and that ends that, that particular scene. And we're at, a, I assume, somewhere like Dixon's or Tandy. Yeah. Do you remember Tandy? I reckon it's Tandy. Tandy, you know? yeah. Tandy Rumbelows. Yeah. They, they remember <laughs> Rumbelows. Rental shop. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's... Yeah. there's the, Margaret's purchasing a 28-inch Nikon Fast Text. Fast Text back in '92 would have been quite ahead of its time because we had I had yeah. text to check the football yeah. page 302 for the football. 302 yeah. table was, 324. Yeah, yeah, 316 <laughs> for the Premier League fixtures. That's it. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strange, yeah. I can remember this. But, oh, um, these things are lodged in your head, aren't they? Yeah. They also my, used to run it at night, didn't they? On BBC Two, they used to just run the screens. Yeah, that's right. Like, I don't know who would sit there and watch it when you could watch it yourself, but you know, obviously, it was yeah, just there, wasn't it? That's just that just brought back some memory. But I think um, with the teletext thing, I think. Fast text would have been a big deal in '92 because I yeah. remember having normal teletext well in mid to late '90s, and it used to take a yeah. while to load. 
So fast yeah. lane is just instantly like, like equivalent of having when you first have broadband, it just loads up a yeah. page like that. Whereas used to like the, the progress bar would take ages. Well, but, well Teletext um, used to have to go back up, didn't you? So if you wanted if you want you're on three one five and you wanted three ten, it had to go all the way back round. So you had to count oh, count yourself up to four hundred. I was just trying to remember back yeah. round, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> that's it. So it was annoying, yeah. So and but then, yeah, like you say, things came along where like red, green, blue, yellow buttons came along, and they could instantly go to it, couldn't they? So it, yeah. it came much faster. And then the internet came and spoiled it all. You know, I don't think. I think the, the the red button never really took off as much as it could have done because no. of smart smartphones and yeah, and it almost things. arrived a bit too late. Didn't it? if it had arrived earlier in the nineties, it would have been been huge. I think. Yeah, I I didn't really. Late take to it apart from the fact like if, if you're watching say Wimbledon you could watch a load of other matches or on the snooker yeah true the snooker yeah. I, I use that many times for the snooker to watch yeah them. so I, I think they were going to get rid of the red button not long ago but they petitioned to keep it on oh, for right, a while longer so yeah. Yeah. but anyway god we're, we're definitely delving into the, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we Margaret is sort of you know a, a wit's end they're, they're saying that's yeah 20 inch te- uh, telly uh, we can get a delivery for Monday morning. Margaret's like, no way am I, that, if that, is that happening? Yeah, um, yeah. Sort of referencing living with a, well, Very someone like husband, Victor, yeah. yeah, basically. So she, <laughs> this lady try, goes out of way to try and uh, adjust the delivery slot to, you know, much sooner. Yeah. Um, or the same evening, I think it was. And we see that all these television sets in the background. Some of the prices, one was, one, looked, one was about 450 quid and it looked about 14 inch. Yeah. TVs are just, Improved so much, and they're so they little are, they? compared yeah, to it. it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah. I guess it's more of a novelty back then. Uh, an advert for Jeremy Beadle. Uh, I think Ashley and Beadle's about not Beadle's about, but as it you've been framed, isn't it? Yeah, now I I said I made a bit of a tit of myself because a couple of podcasts ago I said that the narrator was Angus Deaton because it's to it me. It is. I think well, it? I thought it was, but according to IMDb, it's Jeremy Beadle. Actually, and I thought. Well, funny you say that. I've got I've got the book here, Richard Weller's book, and it does say narrator. Verify for the Angus Dayton. Yep, there we go, narrator. Sorry, announcer. So Angus Dayton. Okay. So IMDb is. So I'm going to a little bit out there, I think. Yeah. Well, if you listen, it doesn't actually sound like Jeremy Beadle, does it? I don't no, it doesn't. I thought uh, that. I thought they used. He was a fixture in the '90s, wasn't he? Like he was a massive Yeah. They've um, referenced uh, Beadle in the last episode of review they, they, in a bad light. Yes. Like, I think the television can be summed up in two. Can be summed up, Jeremy, that's right. Yeah. Jeremy and Beadle. Jeremy Beadle. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. we see a montage of clips of that basically the story Victor was telling about the wedding they went to last year with the, yeah. the bird nest and the egg yolk. And... You're in luck, Mrs Meldrew. We can have your new television set with you Saturday afternoon at three. all right. Monday morning will be fine. Margaret is in full wife protection mode now because she said, right, as she's been told the television can in fact arrive, you know, before Monday, the programme is due to go out Saturday night, the day she's buying the telly. I think that they think they've got this amazing system where they can suddenly get the delivery on the same day. Yeah. And she goes, no, Monday morning will be fine, which is of course the title of the episode. Use the time and, of the episode, yeah. And she just wants to protect Victor because actually that would probably just that'd be quite some. Um, well, I think that would just not destroy your confidence, but that would be quite humiliating. I mean, 
It'll just drive him mad, wouldn't it? He'll just explode again. And she'll have to deal with the fallout, I suppose. You know, that's he, it, isn't it? Well, he, uh... hate, he hated the wedding as it, as it as it was. Let alone it yeah. going out to. I mean, like programs in the nineties, well, up to sort of the late nineties, early two thousands, you get millions and millions of viewers per episode or per series or anything yeah. because there's only four channels. That was it. Either. And also, you had no catch up, so it would go out once, and that was it. So you'd be safe, you know. So there was there'd be no worry about it. Reappearing again, would it? You know, yeah. unless someone saw it and told Victor, if but she would stop him from seeing it, that's it. He, he's sorted, isn't he? Is she sorted? Even? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like I said, it probably would go out to 15 million viewers. But yeah, I thought yeah. she's kind of protecting Victor and herself there because she doesn't want to deal with a an inappropriate no. Victor. So no. I, I thought a bit of um, I don't know about the ending. Like, is it was not was that like satisfying ending i don't know it's, it's i don't know it, 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 it's not real that's like you say it's an episode about telly isn't it and it doesn't really go anywhere does it you know obviously we have a few sort of scenes that, that connect together but there's no overarching you know start middle and end to it is it other than season opener yeah it's a bit of a he has one. something stolen and he gets part of it back doesn't he you know that's that's kind of it isn't it um yeah that's what we just, just 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 going back to that scene for a sec. Yeah. Really interesting. I think having an ITV logo there on a BBC show. Now again, yeah. did that happen a lot in the nineties? I don't know. You think how fiercely comp- competitive you are? Yeah, um, I, did, I did think that was strange. I think that, I'm sure they plugged um, ITV in the la- in the last episode, the long the man of the long black coat. I think the black was it mentioned Silver black or? Yes, I think that was it. Well, she was a huge ITV star, wasn't she? You know, yeah. like she won everything on ITV. Yeah. Um, also interesting, you know, like you think later on things like who wants a millionaire there was real problems because they were trying to get Delboy to appear on that weren't they for the if they could see us now episode that's right and they had to they, do their own um, rights over so obviously in 10 years you know obviously things had perhaps frosted a little bit between the two um and i think itv uh bbc never got over itv put a the millionaire, millionaire winner yeah, yeah that the last was, episode of there was no now. There's no need for it, was there? Because nobody won that. Because no, no, you know, you could, BBC could have had the last of one in the grave with the yeah, amount, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Big, the yeah. viewing things it should have done, and then yeah. what's put put put, what, put who wants to be in there? You know, the next hour. What, I don't understand no. that crappy tactic because they both lost out there. They did. Yeah, it's, I think that was just that's not even clever. By well, it was leaked as well, wasn't it? You know, people knew that it was going to be a millionaire. You know, that kind of took away a little bit of the yeah purposely leaked as well. Really. So they sort of shot themselves in the foot there because they could have got you know a bigger TV event. But I suppose you know people how people aren't going to switch over if they don't know what's going to happen. Oh well, yeah, so that's it's, the thing. It's purpose purposefully leaked. It had big yeah, purposely leaked it's, to it's kind of get people to go. Well, oh, this is this is going to happen. Like but all so. calculated. Yeah, I, that that is a bit annoying. But yeah, I mean that wraps up um, episode one of series three. Yeah, uh, I think IMDb, the users of IMDb rate that 8.2 out of 10. I think that's quite a high. I wouldn't have given yeah. that 8.2. What would you? I would have given that maybe. I would have given it probably. Yeah, between six and seven. It it it's not an episode that I have I fondly remember. You know, it's just an episode that that's that's good. Has some good scenes. Has some um some great Victor moans. Um, a few little good set pieces with the door falling and 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 things like that, but. Yeah, nothing, nothing to kind of, you know, not as some of the, not as strong as some of the ones we've had already in season two, or even the Christmas specials that, that, that you know, that just preceded it, were particularly strong. But it does get better from it, doesn't it? You know, series oh. three does really pick up pace um, from from here. Um, again, being a bit of a geek, I, I looked into this. They actually filmed this one 
second, even though it goes out first. So whether that happens a lot and they move shows around. It does happen a lot, actually. Maybe really? they wanted a quiet, quiet opener and, and thought, you know, we're going with something just, just you know, standard Victor and then going with... Because the next one is it Dreamland, I think. Dreamland that's quite, is the next episode, Quite yeah. an emotional story, isn't it? Um, it's quite, it, might, it, might, it might be a bit too deep and dark to open yeah, up Dreamland. Possibly, but, possibly. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think... Yeah, I mean, we didn't have we didn't have any Mr. Swainy, no Patrick Pippa, no. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's no established characters there, are there? It's just we kind of meet two new characters. It could almost be just another episode of another sitcom, couldn't it? You know, there's there's yeah. there's obviously things that happen to Victor. But it's not really set particularly in Victor's world, is it? Almost, no. you know, it's just. No. I suppose not every episode does need a Mrs. Swainy there, uh, Mr. Mr. Swainy, Mr. Swainy, or or, yeah. or um, Mrs. Warboys, but. Yeah, I think some of these episodes do get forgotten a little bit, don't they? Because there's nothing remarkable about them. Um, they just sort of are funny, but there's nothing, yeah, nothing stand out. There's no standout scenes. Uh, I was telling a few people I was sort of doing this tonight, and they said, oh, which episode are you doing? And they said, oh, this this episode. And, and yeah, there's nothing too much happens in it, nothing does it really? Stands yeah. out. <laughs> I, think the highlight, I think the highlight of the episode for me, I guess, would be say highlight i think it's more maybe a one-liner or a moment i quite liked it's very again a tiny tiny part of the episode where margaret's dropped off at her house and victor's just looking yeah. so bemused thinking oh, bloody hell, i've got to carry on the journey <laughs> and the way that just the way the door you get victor's point of view the door shutting yeah and it shuts on as he says bye <laughs> like he's so yeah yeah he's yeah, just yeah, got yeah. to go along with it yeah. i thought but yeah it's yeah. not what was your um sort of standout moment um like i say i think probably the door shutting and and falling mm-hmm. on the tray uh just because of the kind of uh, the, the the perfect symmetry of it really it does just kind of you know um work in that he slams one the other one falls it, it, it as a set piece it just it, it harks back to laurel and Hardy, doesn't it you know just yeah. just practical comedy of just just yeah. really bad luck and the fact he put his trader you know just just incredibly bad luck um yeah, prob- probably that, and and just the interaction with Chippy Joe. I think, yeah, just I guess a really well-meaning bloke who just who manages to even annoy Victor to, just by you know coming around to do a job. He manages to wind him up somehow. Uh, I guess I guess meeting the, the Mrs. Ellsbury and that interaction yeah. where they're just like casually saying, you know, basically it's like I said, facilitated the, the burglary. That was very funny. Yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, we never see them again. Uh, that's, no. They are mentioned. Yeah. Mrs. Ellsbury is referenced throughout. The series, she but... she's mentioned. He never he's never mentioned again. Um, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, interesting in the book, Richard Roberts' book as well. Um, just before this series started, apparently Renwick was was trying to ditch or wants to ditch a location filming. He wanted to do everything in the studio apparently, and Richard okay. Wilson had to talk him out of it. Um, I'm glad he did. Yeah, well, yeah, because you know you wouldn't have some of the amazing things that happen later on. But Renwick was getting fed up with it being delayed, thing, and, and just wanted it to be a bit more smooth. Um, well, yeah, I mean, also in that book as well, you know, it mentions that um, Renwick was sorry, Wilson wasn't happy with the way it was going, a bit more emotional. He thought it should have stayed straight comedy, and again, Renwick didn't listen to that. He, he said, no, it's staying as it is. It's staying. It's going to become quite emotional and quite It has to be. Yeah, sad. that's what made it. It has uh, to, yeah. yeah. That's, that is why it's like a strong comedy because it's Absolutely. got to be... But I think that's know, interesting. You know, Richard Wilson d- didn't agree with that. You know, obviously, uh, he's not a... I think he's a director on the stage, isn't he? But he's not yeah. a writer, perhaps. So, that, you know, it's all very well being an actor and saying that, isn't it? But as a writer, Renwick knows what he wants to achieve from it. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, just think how the series could have gone, you know, if if things were different, you know, if if Wilson had won won the argument, so to speak, um, it could have gone in a very different direction and, and not been as as great as it went on to be. Um, no, again, reading that book and things like that, you pick up on these things, don't you? It's a great book, and I, I'm going to have to do a read a, a re- yeah, read of that. Yeah, I recommend it, mate. It's, it's great. great, it's, great. Fantastic. It's, it's a great book. It's Richard Webber, The Story of uh, One Point the Great. Richard Webber's written loads of sitcom books. Jonathan Creed, yes. Black, I yeah. think, I'm sure he's done yeah. Blackadder or Dad's Army. I can't remember. Yeah, um, another Graham McCann's on the Dad's Army one. That's a great read. Oh, uh, Graham McCann, yeah, he's done those. And he's yeah, also he's... done the Fools and Horses one as well. There's a couple of Fools and Horses books around. He's done a really good biography of that one. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I'd just like to thank you for you making your debut here on One Foot the Podcast. Oh, it's, uh, I'm, I'll thank you. Like thank to you have for you on me. again. Yeah, oh, thank you. Yeah. I'll, 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 well, before before we sign off, there has to be a Meldry moan. Oh, I do not believe. Will you look at this, bastards? Can you believe the nerve of this? I skin their ruddy heights for them. Uh, have you got anything you'd like to have a quick whinge about? Free airtime to have a moan. I try and keep it non-political. I've always vowed. Do that. Yeah, so yeah. Be... I, I, I'll stay clear of political. I'll stay clear of coronavirus as well because it's Thank easy for things to go <laughs> on. That isn't it? There's so many things. Um, probably one to do with parking and okay. supermarket parking. Uh, right. Maybe Victor. Victor probably agree with this. You know, he, he he's motorist, isn't he? He gets wound mm-hmm. up by other people. Obviously, we've got a little lad, so we find it incredibly beneficial to have the child parking zone oh, yeah. at base yeah. and the number of people that park in there that don't have child children you know you see them pull in and I'm a bit of a nosy git I must admit I do have a look and yeah you've got to be sure there, that they haven't uh, got kids before you have um, a moment, and you know you see people like workmen jumping out and, and, and you think well they haven't got the kids with them clearly uh, and it's just that kind of arrogance isn't it of people yeah. to think oh well, I don't need to follow those rules and alright mm. it's not you know it's not going around spitting at people is it or going around shouting and swearing words at people it's not offending people and, right. and such, such but it's just that little kind of like courtesy thing yeah but maybe i'm too soft i don't know but it just it really riles me um so oh, yeah really? that's 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 think, my military moan people who park in those bays who don't have kids um before my kids i would not have really backed it you know that's but the thing once you're in that kind position of not my doorstep thing isn't it really you know it happens which is bad but it doesn't bother me it bothers me now because i know yeah. how valuable it is to have them spots um, yeah no that's <laughs> a, that's a valid moan and uh thank you very much um okay so next episode uh dreamland i believe i have got a guest lineup for that one but simon is welcome if you'd like to come back on in the future thank, uh, you. To, thank you very much yeah i think I've, i'd just like to thank everyone who's emailed or tweeted me or not me the podcast because suddenly it's just getting a bit more traction there's more and more people listening which is great just want to spread it the uh the word far and wide that one thing the great is still loved uh there's still still very much a cult hit at the very least because there is a group, group large groups of you out there who post something every day on the, the social media sites of quoting it and uh, putting up some funny memes and yeah just sort of raising debates about certain episodes so it's great and i just want the podcast community to know that this exists so excellent thank you very much guys till next time take care